Hello everyone, this is your Fungin Master David Hallman. Before the episode gets rolling, I just wanted to take a minute to talk to you about the Enchanted Manor Meadery. The Enchanted Manor Meadery is the official meadery of the Texas Renaissance Festival and actually one of the first places in the alcohol industry that I work. They make very good mead with a variety of flavors ranging from traditional to Earl Grey. When everything goes back to normal and you can finally sit down with all your friends and family and play Dungeons and Dragons again. I think this is one of the best things that you can bring to the table to celebrate together with. And if you would like to buy some mead from them, you can go to mead.today and use offer code POD10 and that'll give you 10% off your order. Patience. It's a concept many believe they understand. A few actually do. To some, waiting on something that one wants can feel like days, weeks, months, eons. But it isn't until you actually experience your first century of waiting that you realize you can withstand anything. Every day, things roll further in motion, bring my plans to fruition. And something goes awry every day. But I don't worry, because I am patient. I have waited millennia to see my work come to life. What's one more day? Cash, you climb the tower to get to Madia's office. And it's, you know, it's the beginning of the new semester. There's no one really in the class yet. And she is in there working. And you see Professor Avilo as well, the artificing professor, in there. And he's tinkering with something at a desk right near her. And the strangest thing you see is you know it's Professor Baltana. But she is wearing a mask similar to Maud's. It is a wooden mask with, uh, you know, the same shape, except hers appears to be intricately designed. Like, it, it looks... It's got kind of a fleur-de-lis pattern all over it. And she's she appears to be looking through a book, several books floating in the air, that she looks at one and then to the other and then... You know, to another one, another book flies off the shelf towards her. She catches it like Thor's hammer. <laughs> Sweet. Um, and she doesn't notice you coming in. Oh, great. Uh, so Cash, uh, Cash just knows he just needs to rush in 
in this moment or he's never going to get up the courage. So Cash just really like runs like halfway into the room and stops and uh, announces extremely loudly. Hello, uh, Professor Baltana. Uh, I am Cash Black. It's nice to... Oh, hi. I have some questions for you. Can we please speak alone? <laughs> you you say this as you start talking, Professor Baltana kind of starts, like she's startled, and the books kind of form a shield around her, like she brings them all together <laughs> to hide her completely. And then she kind of, she lifts the mask and pokes her, her head around the book shield <laughs> she's made, and she says, oh... Yes, no, absolutely, um, certainly, Mr. Black. Um, she looks over at Professor Avilo, and, uh, she says, you said alone? That would be best. Okay, Nettie, and he looks up from what he's messing with, and he says, what? I, Mr. Black, it's, it's nice to see you, how... How was your holiday break? So great. Not, I wasn't anxious at all. Nothing on my mind. That's for sure. Uh, hope, same for you. Anyway, could you please excuse me and Professor Baltana? I have a lot to, um, whoo, is it hot in here? <laughs> wow, wow, I am sweaty. I am sweaty. Okay. Madia, Madia looks at Nedrag and, and she says, Cl- leave, close the door behind you, Nettie. And um, he, he stands up and he says, yes, Madia. And he walks over and he closes the door behind him. And Madia walks over to one of the tables in the, uh, the classroom. All the books go back where they were. She doesn't even even have to move her hands. They just go back to the shelves. And she places her mask in a drawer behind her podium. And she sits down at this table and she says, What's on your mind, Mr. Black? You seem odd. You you just seem I'll come right out and say it. You are acting straight weird, bro. You are acting much stranger than you normally do. I mean, this is the usual heat I bring, I think, to most uh, conversations. Uh, But, uh, who? Yes. And Cash takes a very deep breath and tries his best to compose himself and says, I'm just... I'm just gonna come right out and say this. I... Listen, I see a lot of things. I've seen a lot of people. Who knows? You know, people look alike. You know, you know how it is. If I would have maybe possibly for somehow seen um, someone you may be related to who may be in the hall of infamy. Her eyebrows raise and she holds up a finger and in this room all the windows go black and you feel like you're in a strange magical aura and there is now a lavender flame between you and her that she's holding in her hand and she says i'm sorry 
when people begin to talk about my sister, I typically have to make sure no one else hears about it. I hope I didn't frighten you, but I could tell that's where this was going. Oh, yeah. I mean, this would explain the sweat and the nervousness before coming in here, as I figured this exact situation would occur. So this is great. This is right on target with what I was expecting. Oh, boy. So I'm guessing your sister's done some pretty uh, gnarly stuff, if this is the extent that you're going to. She kind of rubs her brow, and she she says, Well, she... She had an eye for adventure, and it led her some rather unsavory places, doing some rather unsavory things. And ultimately, I found her attempting to steal from the school, and I had to be the one to stop her. Um, Would you say... Do you think she would... You know, manipulate someone emotionally, some handsome, young, rugged <laughs> man. Um, you know, young, young and man, very muscular man. Um, do, you think, <laughs> do you think she would have it in her to emotionally manipulate someone like that to, you know, get closer to the school? I mean, that's crazy, right? Like, like she might be a murderer, but she wouldn't do that, right? Right. <laughs> Madia sighs. And, and she says, I'm afraid she would do anything she had to to get what she wanted, Cash. I pray that you asking that doesn't mean that that's what's happened, um, but knowing you and your affinity for the truth and awkwardly stating it, I have a feeling she's attempted to get her hooks into you. Wait, so you think I'm muscular? You think I'm handsome? <laughs> I think I certainly think you think that. <laughs> Cash, Cash, the look on his face. He's like, <laughs> and, and and does not say this out loud, but definitely thinks this family has got a thing for him, for sure. <laughs> yeah. These Baltana she... sisters just cannot resist that Cash Black charm. I I do want to be clear that that Maria is not a drow. She she is a high elf. She is a bald high elf, and Moth is. A straight-up drow. Just for for the record, so you don't think that it's all these drow ladies all up on Mr. Black. Listen, I'll I, I do not I'll take whatever I can get. <laughs> I'm cash is open to all the ladies. And maybe other stuff. We just don't know yet. We don't know. Cash cash is an equal opportunity. <laughs> do you think Cash is handsome? Cash might want to talk to you. <laughs> You think Cash is handsome? Let's check. You got a pulse? You got a phone number? (laughs) Cash wants both. Um, Anyway, (laughs) yes. So Cash is sort of reeling at this because obviously Cash is very, very swooning over Moth in this moment, but also understands that she's clearly a dangerous person. Um, so he sort of composes himself back again after the thought that uh, Professor Baltana might have the hots for him now um, and says, so if we just hypothetically um, saw this person during a midterm event or a school event or outside of school activity, 
What is the... What do we... What do I do? Professor Baltana, what do I do? How do I... What's the procedure, you're asking? Well, yeah, I mean, is it... Do I... Do I cover her in a net? Do I <laughs> scream for help? Do I do nothing and then call the authorities? I mean, what do I do here? She's very sneaky. And she's very dexterous. And she is a powerful wizard. And honestly, Cash, I would hope that if you run into her again, I pr- first of all, I pray you don't. But secondly, I, I would say just stay out of her way. Everyone that gets close to her winds up becoming a puppet. And she, her eyes dart towards the door and she says, Nettie used to be so brave and so loud and boisterous and fun. And then she got her hooks into him and she broke him. I'm sure you've noticed some of his stammering. It's, it's always the M's. Cash has a tummy ache now and is now sinking. <laughs> and is now sinking down into his chair. Almost similar to what he did in, uh, oh my gosh, the, the Druid professor who we met in the woods. Rose Holloway. Rose Holloway. Um, when I found out that I had cursed all my friends. This is the exact same feeling <laughs> the Cash has now. Okay, Professor. I mean, it's, that's awful. Uh, why? What's with the masks? <laughs> when I... Well, when I think I saw who I may have seen, she had a mask on that looked a lot like yours. I mean, not as... Yours is much more intricate and beautiful. What's with that? Madia goes over to her her lectern and she pulls open the drawer and brings it out over to the table and she says, this is a, a common tool for most wizards actually. It's, it's a fantastic study aid but strictly prohibited from students because it's used for cheating. But essentially it makes it so that Anything you read, see, smell, hear while you are wearing this mask, it stays with you permanently. You can recall it immediately. And she gestures to the intricate designs on it. She says, unfortunately, most of the time, the side effect of it is that everyone around you who hears or sees or smells or anything while you are wearing this mask and and you are near them vividly remember it as well and cash as you hear this it's the smell of sage and old books kind of floods your nostrils for a second as you think of moth and uh Madia goes on and says, I've etched some runes onto mine uh, to keep it so that it just helps me remember. It 
suppresses the power a little bit. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's a good tool for most wizards. Was she wearing one as well? You know, it's, it's all becoming very hazy, <laughs> Professor. It was a lot, a long time ago. Uh, yeah, 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 I think so. Um, I did. That's not good. Um, I did manage to catch uh, a small glimpse of her face. You know, that's how I recognized the the portrait. But, um, yep, she had a mask on. Okay, I'm sorry, Professor. And Cash is, like, completely flat in the chair at this point. Like, face level with the (laughs) table. (laughs) Um, The the windows uh, become uncovered by darkness. The the flame goes out. You no longer feel like you're in this aura. And um, Professor Baltana just kind of nods. And she says... I'm very sorry, Mr. Black. This, I cannot imagine how stressful this has probably been. I honestly don't know what to tell you other than please be careful around her. And if she's got a mask, a mask of remembrance, like I do, she is even more dangerous than you could ever imagine. And I... I just need you and the rest of your team to be extremely careful around her. Promise me. Yep. 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 Definitely have, will share with the team what I have found. Definitely not stick to my stomach over it. It's great. Uh, Thank you for clearing this up in a spooky way. I really appreciate it. <laughs> uh, but but really, thank you for the information. If um, if I hear anything else, can I come to you? Should I come to you? I think you should, and I I wouldn't tell anyone else. Okay, okay, okay. I I mean, of of the staff, please tell your team. To keep safe. Right. And I will I will tell them they are like steel traps. They know all my weird secrets. I don't have weird secrets. That was a weird thing to say. I'm gonna it go. Was. Yep. Okay. Yep, alright, thank you, Professor. And uh Cash is yelling as he walks out and, and opens the door and then accidentally slams it too hard. Um and then once you, the open You hear several books fall down. <laughs> And Cash just, for a moment, leans back up against the wall of the hallway where the door is and, and sinks down and is, is just kind of taking a moment to absorb everything that happened and thinks, wow, Professor Baltana thinks I'm muscular and handsome. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All the things to take from that. <laughs> cool.
the new semester has begun. You're all back in your dorm. It's all good. You all weren't too far from each other, I think, over this holiday season. Honestly, I feel like Durak probably lived in the dorm still or out in the woods. Oh, yeah. Um, both. A little bit of and, both. Uh, both. A little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, y'all feel a little bit stronger after your accomplishments last year. And, and your room is beginning to reflect some of your accolades, your Walls are adorned with a few letters from thankful villagers of your past two missions, and uh, a trophy or two can be seen here and there, and I'm, I'm wagering most of the trophies are probably Durak's. Um, 100%. <laughs> and actually, now that I think about it, it's probably a, a pretty even split between Durak and the Arties as far as trophies. Yeah, with all of his skills and I'd like to uh, retcon, if I can, at least one thing from the end of last season. Uh, sure. As a trophy for Yardi to have, I would like him to have the mayor's tail. Oh, oh man, God. I love that shit. Oh, that's, that that's is, hard. That is. I love it. That's so he's just fucking legit. just got the nice shit. little hippo yeah, man, tail stuck to a pin on his wall. <laughs> like fucking Eeyore's tail. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Way to set the mood, my man. Alright. <laughs> I feel like, yes, the trophies are definitely evenly split between Durak and Yardy. So Cash has just made his own. Um he got a burrito with some foil around it, uh, in the cafeteria. And has just <laughs> has just um, sculpted himself a trophy out of the foil, and now he's gonna That's write. Fantastic. Now he's gonna write most handsome <laughs> on the trophy. Most handsome boy. Most handsome and B O I. Most handsome boy. As you guys are, you know, just just hanging around, um, Siggy comes and she has been gone. Uh, for the break, she went to go see her family, and and you guys went to see uh, them too a little bit uh, over the haunting offering. And Siggy comes in, and you see her on Cherry, and you immediately notice that her gauntlet has expanded. It's what was once just a brass gauntlet now stretches up her arm all the way to her shoulder. Tubes and rods and strong, thin wire connect it all. And as she moves her arm, you occasionally hear like a, a soft hiss or a gentle whir of gears. And immediately she, uh, she comes in and she says, Hi! It's good to see you all. I can't... Oh, my God. It's been so long, it feels like. It feels like it's been long. David, what have you done to my baby girl? Exactly <laughs> what you set out to do, Noah. <laughs> uh, Yardy walks up to her and, and just pings the, the metal arm. No subtlety, no waiting for her to explain it. He just goes up and flicks her on the metal arm and just goes, Hmm, that's... No, uh, that wasn't there during the haunting offering, if I remember correctly. No, no, I, um, I got some inspiration after working on those crystals from, uh, from, from Buford's ship and the robots. I, uh, I got some inspiration and, well, 
I don't know how else. Let me show you. Let me just show you. And she opens her hand and suddenly she is engulfed by a gelatinous cube. And you hear her go, and then she snaps her fingers and it's gone. She says, I'm just fucking with you. I learned how to cast major image. This thing holds like three or four spells in my hand. Yardy's mind is blown, just blown away. He was ready to <laughs> fight the gelatinous cube. He was scrambling like a cat that's running on, on wood floors and can't get a grip. And he was trying to find his gun so that he could turn around. He was freaking for a second. <laughs> Durak's sitting on the ground and he's being really, really still. And he's holding his axe in front of him. And he's sort of sweating a little bit and uh, and like concentrating real hard, like just staring at the head of his axe. And you and, and, and you can see that the, the flames are growing around the axe head and then they'll shrink back down so that the axe is almost completely not hot to the touch. And then they expand back out and they shrink back in. And, uh, and, and then he just sort of says offhand, Hey, Six, how you doing? And then goes back into the, his sort of reverie. She sees the, the flames do this, and, and she, she just kind of goes, uh, Hey, Durak. And she, she holds out to do the fist bump. And he does break concentration. He breaks concentration. Uh, he puts his axe down, and, and the flames like go out. And it's the first time you've ever seen him go out before. And they go out. And uh, he puts out a hand and gives gives uh, gives a real nice fist bump uh, to Siggy. Yardy, give me an insight check real quick. It's a nat twenty. Are you fucking with me? No. First roll of the season. First roll of the mm, season. Hell yeah. Hot shit. I saw it land on fourteen, and I was like, "Oh, it's so close." Yes. <laughs> All right, you're you're watching this. You've only known Siggy maybe a year. You know, we did have to get her cousin, and that was an experience. Oh yeah, no. So you guys are basically like childhood friends. <laughs> so you see her talking about this, and as she's talking about her arm, you get the sense that that's not the only reason that she messed with it. The, it that's not the only reason that there is now more to her arm, and you you just get this sense of unease as she's talking about it. You can do with that what you will. You can also choose to not do anything with it. I just... Uh, he's hes not going to do anything just yet. His his tail bristles, and it, it turns into the question mark, the curlicue. And he, he just looks at her for a second. And I, I think he feels that she's holding back. He's, he closes his eyes just a little bit. And he's going to talk to Cash about this later. I, I don't think he wants to... He's already called her out once for just flicking flicking the thing. I don't think he wants to push any harder. Be yeah. Because I think he knows that it might be a more personal reason. So he's he's going to talk to Cash and see if they can have maybe an intervention or if maybe he's off the mark. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So it's the first day. It's the first day back. Classes haven't really started yet, but the other students are coming back around. Y'all all told me, you know, a, a handful of things that you wanted to do when you got back. Would anybody like to go first for for like their their first thing? What what would y'all like to do? I'd like to talk to the gyms. Ooh, the gyms. nice. I mean, like Blackrod especially. Um but also Cleric Jim. I think I've started talking to him as well. 
Cash, would you be down to accompany him? Yeah, of course. I get the sense that, like, literally everybody in the school is fascinated by the gyms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's it's not uncommon that several people come together to talk to the gyms. We're going to mob the gyms. So, yeah, you, you uh, I think the place to find them right now is probably in the quad. They're all sitting they're all sitting beneath a tree all equidistant apart <laughs> uh and all all reading different books but turning the pages at the same time yeah so creepy <laughs> but they're so chill mm. no so, still mm-mm, off mm-mm, it's wrong i don't like that <laughs> i don't like it at all yardy wants to go up to to blackrod and he's he's just going to sit down in front of him. He's not going to say anything. He's going to sit down crisscross applesauce and he's going to take his tail over his shoulder and push the book down. <laughs> just very slowly. He's not going to say anything. He's going to wait for Jim to make eye contact with him. As you lower the book, you see that he's actually been sleeping. <laughs> um, but still turning the pages. This is wrong. Like he knows the rhythm of it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh when the I think when the book goes all the way down to his legs, he kind of starts awake. He says, "Oh, hey, Artie, what's up?" Uh, not much. I just wanted to show you uh, my pistol. I don't believe you've seen it since the last time we were in school, but uh, I, I think that your influence is rubbing off. <clears throat> and he pulls out his pistol, and it is now pristine. He has cleaned it, and he's sanded down the grip so that it's nice and polished wood and the only carving that's on it now is Yardy's name with seven stars around. Black Rod Jim looks at this and he just he picks it up and he's just <whistles> shit Yardy putting the rest of us to shame. Is this linseed oil? Oh my god <laughs> the, the problem is and he pulls out his blunderbuss I only had enough for one gun. So his blunderbuss still has duct tape on it, and it's still all dinged up, and it, it looks like an old cartoon gun. <laughs> but with Jim holding his gun, he says, uh, I was wondering if uh, maybe you and your cleric brother might work with me sometime on some target practice. It seems that I have some abilities that are coming about where I can just keep shooting. And it's great, but I don't really understand it, and I would like some help. Uh, it, it just... My tail keeps catching on silver flames. Uh, at, at the mention of that, the cleric Jim kind of puts his book down, and he's, he's, he's on the other side of the tree, and he just kind of, like, turns his head around it, and he says, Silver flames, you say? <laughs> Sil- silver flames? Uh... It, it it starts at the bottom of my tail, and then it goes all the way to my head like like a giant lion's mane. Uh, would you care to see? Yes. <laughs> yes, I would. Yardy, Yardy stands up, and as he stands up, uh, was Cash sitting down? No, I think, I think Cash has, uh, now that he's so handsome and muscular, is like... <laughs> Um, standing behind Yardy with his arms crossed, like puffed out, like he's yeah. like a security guard for Yardy or something. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yardy stands up and turns to Cash and goes, My very handsome assistant will help me with this. 
can can Cash throw a, a pine cone or, or something, a, a stick or something from the tree? Can I? Um, <laughs> uh, Cash Cash just like chucks it in the air. Roll roll aside a hand check for me, Cash. Oh no! <laughs> so mean. I said I'm handsome and muscular, not. Oh, okay. I, you know, that's not bad. Hold on, what's my sleight of hand? Holy crap, I rolled a 19. <laughs> All right. It, uh, yeah, it, it, Cash grabs a pine cone and just chucks it high in the air. You don't even know where this pine cone came from. Yeah, it's, it's, oh man, it's using the sun to its advantage. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think as soon as Cash does that, Yardy quickly grabs his gun, channels divinity through it, and shoots what essentially is a, a holy, holy shot at the pine cone. And he, he super hits it. He got a 29. So, oh my God. <laughs> but as he does that, you can see that the, the flint that he uses in his tail sparks his entire tail's fur into the silver flame that climbs up his back. And as soon as he shoots it and it comes out of his gun, it just goes out. Blackrod Jim is is just, he's just standing there, jaw gaping. And Cleric Jim rushes over to you as fast as he can to try and like see if he can't touch some of that silver flame that comes out. And I does it go out immediately? I, I, I think it, it kind of charges up up his back really quick and he shoots. I think he would have enough time because it, it, it's kind of kindled by the little sparks in his tail. Yeah. And, and I think it, it slowly goes back down his tail. And I imagine him being a cleric, there's a silver lining around the little fire. He can God. he can touch it. Fucking damn it. Ah. <laughs> Yardy's dead. Roll another fucking character, <laughs> Nolan. His brother Barty comes in. His brother Barty. <laughs> Barty, Barty Scribble, small. Why does his brother have a different last name? Listen, <laughs> families are made up of all kinds, David. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. David. yeah. Bigot. <laughs> he was adopted from a similar sounding family. Uh, they were neighbors. That one. It works. It almost fits. They were neighbors. It was. It was. Listen. It's a once in a lifetime thing. Don't question it. Anyway. Oh my God. We're, we're playing a game where there's d- dragons and dungeons, and this is where you're hung up. <laughs> <laughs> Clerk Jim rushes over to Yardy and is just just kind of grabs Yardy's tail gently, but like is is just analyzing these embers on his tail and, and the silver uh, glow they they start to give and then dissipate. And he looks at your pistol that you're holding and he, he gets a glimpse of the seven stars in the grip and he says, brother. And he moves the, the shoulder cape he's got to reveal seven stars as well. And he says, I can't believe. I. When did you find your faith? <laughs> Yardy is, is uh, rubbing on his leg. He's, he's walking around him now and audibly purring, just so incredibly happy. 
And he this, says, "This is only weird when you remember that Yardi is the size of a man, <laughs> yeah. and is is just a cat person doing this." I'm imagining the CGI cats from Cats uh, doing this. Uh, yes, I do yes. need a new character. Now you now. know why it's upsetting. Uh. Yardi has pants on, though. Wait, does Yardi? Yeah. Does Yardi have pants on? Yardi absolutely. Yes. Cash and Yardi had this conversation. He's got to keep the pants on at the school. He gets it. Yes, good. <laughs> We've learned now. We've all learned. <laughs> uh, Yardy Yardy grabs uh, uh, Cleric Jim's shoulders after he makes a circuit, and he says, uh, "It's always been there. It seems it's just been rekindled over over the last couple of months." And he's he's got his little silver, what was a blanket and is now a handkerchief in his pocket, and he just he pulls out his silver cloth and he hands it to Jim to touch. He doesn't let go of it but he, he yeah. wants him to, to touch it as well. Jim touches it, and you you see him, he, he's just nodding, and he says, this is great. This is this is really great. I'm I'm so excited, and Blackrod Jim is, is, you know, coming over, and he's like, I'm also excited to see, you know, what you're doing with the gun, and Cleric Jim smacks me, says, shut the fuck up, we're doing my thing. <laughs> 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 and he pulls out a small mirror. It's like a compact mirror almost. It it opens, but it opens like a two-doored cabinet. And when it opens, it's got two crescent moons on either side. And he hands it to you and he says, This was my first spell focus. This was what I used initially to focus my spells and also commune with Salune when I wanted. I want to give you this. It's it's just something to have. It helped me a lot to have a consistent link with the Moon Mother. It's it's nice to have. That's all. I, I just, and I I guess it's also just, I'm just so excited. I, I've never met another follower of Saludonite. Yardi takes the, the mirror and delicately folds it into his handkerchief and then sticks both of them back in his pocket. Uh, his his tail is like jittery happy. He's just sitting there listening to Jim and he's he, he getting this new item and, and learning more about his faith. And I think he just he wraps him up in a great big chonky cat hug and then turns around to Cash with just a big toothy grin and, and has like a couple of tears coming down, down his face because he's so happy. And he just goes and stands next to Cash and just, just purrs. Just stands and purrs. Cash pats him on the head. And it's like, I know, buddy. This is that was awesome, Jim. Jim, thank you. <laughs> Blackrod Jim points at Cleric Jim and says, "No, I'm Jim. He's Jim." <laughs> yeah, D- Cash, come on. You need to get this. You've known them for a couple of years by now. Cash just looks over at Yardy with this like fake grin on his face, and he's like, "Can we go now, please?" <laughs> the Jims kind of freak me out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yardy wraps his tail around Cash's arm and leads him to the cafeteria. <laughs> I need another burrito so I can make another foil trophy for myself. <laughs> you guys, you guys pass a uh, a new student, uh, a freshman this year, just still standing, jaw gaping at what at what Yardy just did. Uh, 
and he, he's he's just a happy looking guy with a uh, a curled mustache, and um, he's just he's just staring at Yardy, and he says, "Are you are you Yardy Journal Joe?" <clears throat> Yardy bows very deeply and takes his tricorn hat off and stands back up. Well, yes, I am. And he's like, "Oh man." He's just like he's running back and forth. He's he's got, uh, he's got a hoodie on, and he's just consistently zipping it and unzipping it <laughs> as he's like frantically running back and forth. And he's like, "Oh my god, I, it's, uh, oh, be cool, Barney, be cool. It's nice to meet you. I am Barney Von Swallow. I started this year, and I'm very nice to meet you." And I, I just want to say that I'm a big fan, and I'm a fighter, too. <laughs> and I'm just excited to meet you, and I hope that we can become good friends. Cash. Or Cash. <laughs> well, yeah, what does Cash do, Nolan? <laughs> what the fuck does Cash you do? You tell me what I do, Nolan. <laughs> Yardy, Yardy sticks his hand out for a fist bump, and then goes, Well, if you think I'm interesting, you haven't seen anything yet. And he turns to Cash and goes, this is my best friend, Cash. It's, uh... And he, he just looks at Cash to finish the phrase. It's, uh... It, I mean, it's, it's you, lunchtime, Yardy. No, what? Well, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. that, that was a subtle hint to introduce yourself. I I, oh. I don't know jokes. I'm very bad. Oh, oh okay. Uh, <laughs> yes. And Cash takes this big, deep breath and puffs out his chest again, like always. Hello, Barney. It's... I'm Cash Black, and it's nice to be thee. Nope, that wasn't it. <laughs> that wasn't the thing. See, Yardy, I am burrito deficient, and this is what is happening. <laughs> Barney is still just thrilled, and, and he's like, oh, oh, you're Cash Black. I'm sorry, what, what, you know? Shit. Wait. Oh, my God. No, all the other freshmen are talking about you guys. You guys are fucking legends. It's crazy. Cash uh, grabs, like, Yardy's tail is still kind of wrapped around Cash. So it's just like, you know how, like, uh, girls will, like, twiddle their hair? Like, twirl it? Yeah. So I'm twirling (laughs) Yardy's tail hair. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know me? Oh, my God. (laughs) Yardy just turns and looks at Cash and goes... I mean, we keep you around for your looks. We figured you're the best-looking bard here, so people would know you eventually. I mean, he is right, and everyone knows it's not true, but Cash strikes a pose and looks triumphantly up at the sun and then realizes he stared at the sun too long. He's like, ow, okay, <laughs> ow, all right. That was too much. Oh, that was too much. Barney, Barney Von Swallow? Barney Von Swallow. This is actually a character made by i want to say tyler one of our first listeners who uh he filled out the favorite university student application (laughs) and i i just i wanted to put him in there i also wanted to point out barney's apparently six foot seven (laughs) yeah he's a big boy and a human so that's like that's nuts that's a lanky fighter that is a big guy. Yeah. That is a big... So he's a big, big boy. He's, big, big he's boy. looking down at you guys as he's doing all this. As Cash is speaking to him, Cash is looking right above his head. Like, I'm... Yes? I'm taller than you. 
I will look down upon you. No one is taller than Cash. <laughs> I think Cash is like 5'9". <laughs> I think we've established she's not a very tall man. You you put in there the, the little curled mustache, and all I can think of is like old-timey 18th century pugilist kind of guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, the picture he put with it made him look kind of like Shmee with a mustache. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's, that's what I kept imagining, but I, I loved it. And I just wanted to drop him in there. I, I No, it's beautiful. Uh, I love I'm it. I'm going to try and do that. But yeah, let's head over to Durak. You talked about you wanted to visit Professor Hollowind again? All right, all right, all right. Let's just, let's go see, let's go see Hollowind. All right, Siggy is uh, coming with. Oh, us. sweet, sweet, sweet. Okay, and also, guys, uh, I just want to, I just want to point out. There's been, I want to, want to kind of paint this picture a little bit. Dirac has had some physical changes that I want y'all to just kind of note. Uh, first of all, I want to point out, just like in the holiday episode, that he is wearing a sweet duster, and it is open in the front, uh, and it is a duster made out of bear skin and bear fur, and it is sleeveless. All right, now. His big floppy hat, he has rolled up, and then it's rolled all up around the sides. And so it's kind of like a big ring of cloth, and you can still see that it's blue with stars on it on the top. And uh, Cash gave him that little wooden bear carving uh, for uh, for holiday, and uh, he has that yeah. he has that tucked kind of in the Made side, of yeah, so that it kind of sticks up out the side like like it's going rawr side of the hat, and. Um, <laughs> Also, all of his hair is white now. Uh, he has, um, he has, he is feeling oh, the, he is feeling the effects of that horrible, horrible fright that nearly killed him uh, last season. And um, so, like, all of that patchy, bushy red hair that he had all over him is now white. Uh, and um, and and he's a lot more, uh, a lot more gaunt than uh, than than we remember him last time. Uh, so he's in Professor Holloway's. Uh, uh, quarters and uh, I, I feel greenhouse. like the greenhouse yeah and I feel like I feel like they're playing the um, I feel like they're playing a new version of the of the patient's whiskey game uh, I think that, that, that between them <laughs> between them they've been understanding that the first two don't count and then then on the third one on the third one he practices his his produce flame and uh, uh, control flame uh, by uh, by igniting the air just above the whiskey glass, uh, and and so um, you know he's there, and it's and it's one of those days where he just didn't want to go back to the dorm, uh, and he his last class was with Rose, uh, and she didn't have anybody else to see today, and so he's kind of stuck around a little bit, and they've they've struck up this this kind of sort of uh, uh, a a really deep friendship between the two of them that is such that yeah it, it, it like direct thoroughly respects her and 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 when he respects somebody he's just like there right he's like just there for it um and so like he's you, you remind me this good good well i was just gonna say this this reminds me of like my my experience with my advisor in college his, his name was chet and he, he, I would just go and hang out in his office. Yeah, sometimes. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's that's kind of what's going on here. And and there there are a couple whiskeys in. And uh, Durak uh, Durak says, "All right, look, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. I uh, really like being a bear, Rose." Yeah, I could tell that big guy. 
she she says that and she um she slams her whiskey back in the uh the teacup conceding a loss to you in the patience whiskey game siggy who has been the referee kind of in this just kind of looks at her and and pours more whiskey in the teacup and she says i don't understand this game but i'm just happy to be a part of it <laughs> direct knocks his back he looks at Siggy. goes it's all right we're all winning <laughs> siggy siggy uh you see her uh bend her finger a certain way and she whispers into the crystal in her palm and she says, everyone's a winner in whiskey patience. <laughs> <laughs> That's going on the t-shirt. Everybody's a winner in whiskey patience. <laughs> I like that. Season three. Uh, Rose Rose looks at you and, and she says, so I, uh, I talked to Professor Godborn. Hold on just a second. I'm trying to remember. Sun's getting real low, but there. All right, there we, there we go. Now I found it. I talked to uh, Professor Godborn, and uh, you know he he said you stopped going down the path of the barbarian there. Yeah. Yep. So you really uh, really digging whole hog into this whole bear thing, huh? Well, look, I and he looks around like. Like to see if there's anybody else there, even though he knows that there's nobody else there. But he kind of gives it a look around, and um, uh, he says, um, "I didn't ask for this to happen, but I like it. So uh, I figured, hell, I could fight anybody, anytime, anywhere." And he kind of he kind of grins, and he, he knows he's just talking shit. Uh, and he goes, um, "So." So I, I quit going over there and figured I'd come over here and you could teach me some stuff I don't know about. Rose, I've been, been having these dreams, Rose, about, about Soot Paul. Yeah? Yeah, about, about Soot Paul. And he, um, he sort of straightens his, his duster out a little bit, you know, because that's fucking Soot Paul. And, um, he says, um, in a dream I keep seeing him and he comes up to me and he says, Follow me to the endless river, and I feel like I got no choice. And I say, "Yes, I'll follow you," and then I follow him. But we never get there. Well, it's not a bad thing you don't get there. That's uh, it's kind of the light at the end of the tunnel there, Derek. <laughs> if if you did get there, I'd be a little worried. Might mean that you're dead. But at the same time, people can visit the endless river. It's another plane of existence. I've visited it once or twice. Direct just like interrupts her. Take me there. She shakes her head and and she says, I know you didn't ask for this, but you got to abide by the rules just the same as the rest of us. You can't be taken to the endless river. You got to get there on your own, but I'll definitely teach you how to get there one day. And that's about all he can handle. Like that's that's big. That sits heavy. Like that sits real heavy on him. Um, and so like I think that he's gonna look at Siggy and look back at Rose and say, um, "Well, I I think that's about it for me tonight." 
and um, and he gets up like real polite, um, scoots his chair underneath the um, underneath the thing, underneath the table rather, uh, and um, he uh, collects the two whiskey glasses off the table and takes them back to the sideboard and wipes them out real quick and puts them down and doesn't look back. He just leaves. Um, and and you know it's a it's a nice night and um, and and he instead of going towards the dorm. Um, goes out into uh, into a field where um, uh, where people do drills and stuff, uh, and um, and and it's dark and it's quiet, uh, and he pulls the hood up uh, from his from his from his cloak. He pulls the hood up over his head, and he drops to all fours, and he turns into a bear, and across his back he's black, and from his muzzle underneath he's white. And he lumbers over into the um, into the trees nearby, uh, and he scratches his back on a tree, and he kind of frumps down at the base of the tree. And before long, he's asleep. Durak does start to doze off at that spot, but he feels somebody trip over him, and then, you know, when when you look, it's front, and uh, he's tripped over. You know this this fucking white bear, and he says, "Oh God, no, not like this, please no." Where help? And he's just looking around, and um, you you see him frantically pulling out a, a loot, you know, which is his his spell focus, and he's moving his fingers. He's like, "I can never get the G." And it, it's very clear he's trying to cast something. Durak, um, if it were anybody but Front, Durak would fuck with him real hard. But he's got kind of a soft spot for Front. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he goes through the ugly, painful process of changing back into his half-orc form. Uh, and he's just, ah, oh, God damn it, Front. And uh, and he and he stands up to his regular full height, and um, he says, um, "Hey, front, the hell, are you doing out here tonight?" Front kind of looks side to side, and he says, "Oh God, Durak, please, don't don't tell anyone you saw me out here. I think I did a bad thing." And he comes up to you, and and he kind of starts to whisper he says have you ever heard of the Reestabeth oh damn it what you know about Reestabeth front give me a perception check real quick Durak uh that was a 16 Durak after front asks if you know about the Reestabeth you look down and you see on his right hand oh, no. a wooden ring and a black thread that now connects to you. Oh. And that's where we're going to end. Oh my oh god. Oh my god. <laughs> there are like eight Chekhov's guns in this. Good Better Quest is a Final Plank Media production. Today's GM was David Hallman. 
Players are Doug Holly, Kate Huff, and Nolan Lacey. Check us out at GPQPod on Twitter. Today's introduction was done by our very own David Hallman. Music provided by Kevin McLeod from TabletopAudio.com. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you.